Good morning everybody, welcome back. Hopefully you have a beautiful day already, but also that we can enrich it with today's episode. We have a couple of philosophies that we follow in our daily life, in our lifestyle, but also in business. One of them is the Kaizen philosophy. And this is what we want to talk about today. Let's jump right into the definition. Uh, what is Kaizen and how can it be useful from your perspective? So yes, today <coughs> we talk about Kaizen, which is <coughs> uh, coming from Japan. And actually the way to write it is also the same as in Chinese. And one rough translation is change for better in the sense of incremental improvement. Meaning, let's say, you want to go to uh, any kind of practice. Let's say you are interested to do uh, Thai boxing. And with Kaizen, you will see what you can do every day. Maybe it's some stretching, maybe some exercise, before even practice. And then in your practice, how to keep improving day by day. So the whole idea with Kaizen is not to wait before starting and as soon as you start you want to improve continuously by simplifying as you go, eliminating the waste and <clears throat> it was uh, a way of working that was uh, inspired and um, bring by Toyota in Japan and they wanted to have a bottom-up improvement, so it was not the management to dictate the process. The process would be corrected, adjusted by the person really doing the work. So it's also uh, for us very interesting because the idea is that you learn by each experiment, you learn by doing, which is very close to the way we tend to teach. And so it's all about your attention to detail and taking actions along the way so you don't wait for kind of perfection but you focus on the process and for things like productivity, waste management and quality control you have a kind of process where every time for each step you want after that to get a feedback or to debrief and to see if there are ways based on your evaluation of the results where you can adjust to improve and then repeat that. So it's a kind of cycle and we would say a virtuous kind of cycle where <clears throat> at each step I will look, eval evaluate my results and based on this I will adjust. So if we take a very simple example, <clears throat> Ivo, you are working on the Instagram mm -hmm. and the idea, if you implement Kaizen, would be you will try different approach. You will try a uh, different hashtag, let's say. You will try uh, different um, stories. You will, and based on the feedback and the impact, what people are more engaging, the return you have, then you will adjust. So on Instagram, we won't do a monthly or three month in advance plan. 
where we say, oh, we have the knowledge, we have the expertise, this is how it has to be. Way more, okay, we want to have that weekly frequency, mm -hmm. and each time we will see how it goes, and for the next one we adjust based on the results we have. So it's a very, um, it's a client-oriented approach, and it's uh, really based on feedback. The interesting thing for me is also, as a personal level, you can learn, and it can be a way to improve in your own practice by focusing on the process and daily improvements. How can we apply uh, the Kaizen approach? I will take the example of Blue Lotus. <clears throat> so, when we started Blue Lotus, about a bit more than two years uh, ago, it's almost, uh, it will be three years uh, beginning of February 2020. We didn't exactly know what would work in terms of workshop, but also we didn't know the duration that people will want to stay uh, at the resort and at Blue Lotus. So we started very humbly by internal workshop to see the things that we were interested in, what we could do, what was the really interesting aspect that we could bring. And we wanted to have some Thai experience, so we did uh, not only on healthy whole food plant-based, but also on Thai cuisine. And based on that, we started by creating one-hour cooking demo. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> in the idea of Kaizen, you want to use any uh, instance to improve your process. So the whole way we would do uh, one-hour demo up to the three-hour workshop, because we started by workshop, the synopsis, the way we script, uh, the timing of and the number of recipes per demo or per workshop was already there and we define the layout of the manual. Mm -hmm. So you define all you need, the minimal you need, but you want to have the same quality even on a shorter format. So we put a process in place to make one hour cooking demo and each time we have one we would review Based on the feedback, we adjust and improve. Mm -hmm. Whether it's adjust and improve for the experience for the students or on our side, on the organization. Less food waste, better quantities, uh, portion-wise. So there are a lot of things that you can improve. You look at all the way you can improve. And after the one hour, we went into doing uh, the three-hour workshops. And we did, I don't know, around, we start with three and then we had up to seven cooking workshops that would show the panel of week that we were looking in the future. But we started with the workshop and we get the feedback and we get also the ones that are more popular. We get questions from students. Then also we can improve on how we source our ingredients finding good quality uh, organic ingredients for the dry, for the sauce, for the things that matters for us. Also the equipment. So we keep repeating, we keep improving on very simple steps. 
But when we had our very good three-hour workshop, we realized, oh, we put them together and we can do a week of class. So then from the green tie uh, kind of cooking workshops, we were able to define and to design a week long of green Thai cuisine. We did a similar approach for the <coughs> chef training. And Pure Energy was exactly the same process. In the case of chef training, we did what we call a kind of weekend intensive. So two day first. And after that, we uh, expand to a week long. And the same uh, from Pure Energy, not only we define the week long, but also the weekend intensive. Same exact process for green tie. So then <clears throat> we started to have person that came for one week. But when they were doing pure energy, they wanted to have a kind of a feel of green tie. So we were doing the weekend intensive just for that. Same thing, people doing green tie, they wanted to have a feel of uh, pure energy. As we were evolving and our students have new demand, they wanted to come back and things. We expand this to have weeks that are very different in nature and we remove any um, redundancy, so any repetition that would be whether between a workshop, a weekend intensive or even a week long. So at very first we had some recipe from the chef training that were also in pure uh, energy. So we, we adjust that against based on the feedback because after one year of this people wanted to stay two weeks or three weeks so we had to make sure that their experience they will be in contact with recipe that were each time different and we went like this keeping on improving keeping on learning by doing it up to what we just did in September when we had a four-week instructor month where the students have other lecture like on marketing, on self-development, on how to set up a workshop, but also they take all our week, existing week, as well as all the workshop, as well as all the weekend intensive. So then we have a comprehensive and all-inclusive uh, four-week program, which has been developed using Kaizen from one hour cooking demo. It really sounds like a Zen philosophy, definitely. But I also I have seen in a business coaching class you have been using some of the tools, something that we can really use to apply the Kaizen. Can you explain a little bit more on uh, those tools? So, yes, you're correct. <clears throat> Kaizen gives you a kind of uh, philosophy or approach where you want to improve step by step, but it doesn't tell you how to do it. So the way to implement Kaizen is really up to you. And uh, there are <coughs> certain tools can help you in order to um, have ways, practical ways to implement. So based on a good philosophy, how to implement it. There are two that we are using, and I will start now by the first one, which is that you need, especially uh, in a project, and if you work as a team on a project, 
you need to have goals that everybody can rely on, understand what's the goal, because then you will give a purpose that you can share. So everybody within the project have a clear understanding of what it is that we want to achieve, where we go, and kind of help to define, okay, from there, how we can implement that. So it's called SMART Goals. And a lot of people are using it, whether you implement it with Kaizen or not. And it's a very, um, it's almost like a, a public knowledge. So SMART Goals, SMART means that you want to define specific and explicit goals. Uh, achievable, because if I give you a goal which is completely unrealistic, it will be frustrating, but also most likely you will give up. Yes. So let's say you want to run and I say, oh, there is the Ultra Tour du Mont Blanc. As a first step, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so you will say, okay, the guy is crazy. Let's forget about it. So it has to be achievable. You have to have practical way to measure it. Uh -huh. Again, if we take the example of uh, Instagram, you can use certain of the insights, certain yes, statistics, yes. certain metrics, in order to really see if you have a return on your time investment. Mm -hmm. So you want to define elements that will help to know if what you are doing are really serving what you want at the end. Yes. So your goal has to be measurable and relevant, <clears throat> meaning that this is if you achieve it, it means really something for you mm -hmm. or for the project. So if I have a, a goal which is fun, but that doesn't mean anything, then that's why, for example, for me, when I see people on social media that are completely focused on likes, where this is not relevant because that doesn't help directly your business, yes. that for me is the example of a goal, which I respect, but it's not a relevant goal. So it's not a smart goal. So a SMART goal would be, and the last letter of SMART is time, and it goes for time-bound or time-based or limited time, meaning that you need to have a goal on a certain window of time. Mm -hmm. So let's say in the next three months, we want to achieve that. Yes. So a SMART goal would be, again, in the next three months, we want to achieve that very specific result which we are able to do it, we can see it's achievable. We have way to measure if we can achieve it and it makes sense for our overall business. There is one more tool that I remember uh, you mentioning in business coaching and it came from an idea that in Blue Lotus there is no democracy. Can you explain to our listeners why there is, there is no democracy in Blue Lotus? Ah, la la. So now I have to... How to say? I have to... To be honest. And yes, there is no democracy. I don't believe in democracy. In project management. Why? Let's say... Let's start a very simple example. We are two to talk about the podcast. Mm -hmm. We cannot use democracy to make a decision. Yes. Because, because if we don't agree yes one against one 
So anytime a team is a pair, it doesn't work, democracy. We have six person at the, in the team of Blue Lotus at the moment. Mm -hmm. If you have three against three, then there is no decision. Also, I found that a lot. Those kind of votes, and you can see at the political level, gives people frustrated because you kind of support one aspect when it doesn't go uh, to be uh, the one to be implemented, you are against the other one. So you have almost an incentive to make it not working mm -hmm. just because your idea wasn't picked. You want to sabotage it. Almost. <laughs> so there is something in decision-making process and how to simplify the decision-making process without having to vote for it, and which is we use what's called the impact effort matrix. And let's say I will have one line where I will go from low effort to high effort. And sometimes you have to see it very simple. Maybe it's just the time. How long it will take you to implement, mm -hmm. which is part of the effort. Or sometimes it could be risky. Uh, sometimes you need a lot of resource. So effort is anything related to how much it costs you in time, energy, whatsoever, to do something. Mm -hmm. And then on the vertical uh, axis, I have another one, which is the impact. Some action can have a very high impact and you go all the way down to a very low impact. So low impact would be you spend two hours to do something that nobody almost will notice, mm -hmm. but you feel great about it. And very high impact on the opposite is something that has been super simple to implement, but actually people react very positively to it. Mm -hmm. So where it's interesting for us is to look and you divide uh, a square in four parts where you have the first uh, at the bottom uh, left, which is low effort, low impact, basically forget about it because it's something that doesn't cost you much to do but has absolutely no impact <laughs> so, so it's useless exactly then on the same part on the same left part you can have as well the high impact low effort which is the best place to be that's the sweet spot and i will take a very simple example we had for blue lotus the website was on one platform and because it was on WordPress and some custom-made developments, it required a lot of development or even uh, typing uh, to edit and to change anything on that website. So it was really high effort, low impact. But then we had to take a decision and we, we choose at some point to switch to a platform where we have very simple uh, functionality, but we almost, we just type the content and it's online already. So this is an example of very low effort. I just tap the information and boom, I impact, it's online already. Mm -hmm. So here, the I impact low effort is quick win and really the thing that are super simple. It's like you take a, a ripe fruit from the tree. Mm -hmm. Now, you can also have very high effort and low impact, which 
honestly, uh, this you should really think about it if it makes sense. For me, it doesn't, but it depends. And then you have something that you cannot avoid, mm -hmm. which is high effort, high impact. Sometimes there are things, there are endeavors, projects where you have to work a lot. Let's take an example. We did instructor month. Mm -hmm. It was a huge amount of work for us, but it was really important. So you can not only be always on the low effort, high impact. Sometimes, yes, you have also to put a lot of, but the idea is that every time we want to solve something, we will ask in the team everybody to offer some solutions and we will put them on that uh, matrix and based on the, where they are located, we will always start with the low effort, high impact and move gradually to higher effort, but still high impact. So it's a way to prioritize and we start with those solutions hoping secretly also that one will solve the rest after. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's also, when there is low effort, we implement, we get the feedback, we get back to Kaizen, meaning since we learn from every process, the more we, we repeat, the better. So the more we repeat a low effort, high impact, the better for us. And then there is no, uh, it's not personal. If your mission is not, if your solution is not taken, then it's more uh, just because of high impact, not because of any personal uh, view. You are correct. So it's never personal. It's never a judgmental decision. It's all based on the impact effort. And it's a, a uh, notion also of priority. Today we don't pick your solution, but maybe tomorrow we'll do. Mm -hmm. So it's also, and it's also help in a way also the team member to improve, meaning you always after that search for the quick win or the things that can help. And you will also consider the high effort, so not quick win, but high impact.